Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 203. Yep, another episode of Ask Jenna Anything. And today is dedicated again to one of my favorite things and yours, Instagram. Now I get it. This little app can make your head spin with algorithms and cohesive feeds and that dreaded follow unfollow game. But I don't want you to forget that this is a free way for you to reach your dream clients. Amen. Now, it is safe to say that I've learned a thing or two or a million things about this app since growing my following from zero to over a half a million in just a few years. And this is why I wanted to cover the nitty gritty details of your Instagram questions. So if you're wondering how the heck to up your engagement, when you should be posting, turning followers into paying clients, how do you do it? but actually so much more than this episode is for you. I took every single one of these questions from the Gold Digger Insiders Facebook group. So maybe yours was answered on air. Keep listening to find out. Before we dive on in, I want to read the review of the week from Amy from Lake Tahoe titled Love, Love, Love. Being an entrepreneur has its ups and downs. Sometimes you feel like you are the baddest boss lady ever, and other times you feel like you have no clue what you're doing, negative thoughts, and that you're crazy. The Gold Digger Podcast helps to put these moments into perspective, what you can do, how you can learn from it, and grow. We all need a little tribe of amazing humans, and I truly look forward to this podcast. Always strive for better. Never stop learning. Jenna, thank you for everything you do. You are helping so many individuals with your knowledge and positivity. Thank you so much, Amy, for this review. I cannot wait to see if your review will be the next review of the week. So without further ado, let's dive on into the app we love to hate, Instagram. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. 
Today's episode is powered by Capella University. Capella University's award-winning learning format, FlexPath, allows you to run your business, live your life, and earn your degree. Schedule your courses, set your own deadlines, and with FlexPath's subscription model, the faster you move, the more money you save. Try FlexPath firsthand with Capella's free trial course at capella.edu slash Jenna. I'd also love to thank another sponsor for today, Slack. Slack is a brilliant communication channel for all things business related. Head to slack.com to see the magic for yourself. That's slack.com. Slack, it's where the work happens. This episode of Gold Digger is brought to you by Care Of, a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care Of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code Gold Digger. Our first question today comes from Tessa and Bredeger Lambert, and it says, how in the heck do you get people to engage with your posts and specifically your stories? Now, engagement is the name of the game. I teach this. I talk about it all the time, and I think it's probably the most frustrating thing about Instagram these days. And so in order to get people to engage with your posts, there are so many different strategies, but I'm going to give you my first piece of feedback. It is this show up, show up consistently and be willing to engage with other people. Now I call it posting and ghosting and you don't want to do this. And I see this happen so often is people throw up a post, they have a call to action and then there's just crickets. And so even if their people are engaging, they don't feel seen or heard. So here are the nitty gritty strategies. You can use hashtags. That's a great way to find a broader audience use geotags. And I'll kind of explain some of that in a little bit. You can tag other people, whether it's an account that you're featuring, other entrepreneurs that you're working with. You can utilize polls. So you can ask people a question like, what's your number one pain point with Instagram? Like we did for this episode. But here is what you need to have in every single post, a call to action. What action do you want your followers to take after they're done reading your caption? Do you want them to double tap? Do you want them to comment below? Should they click the link in your profile? Should they go encourage someone else or tag a friend below? And so you want to make sure that at the end of every single caption, you ask yourself, so what do I want these people to do? Because a lot of times we're not even inviting engagement. And if you look at your own user habits, you're likely just scrolling. You're not even stopping to double tap. You're not leaving comments. And so how can you expect other people to do that if that's not your own user behavior? And so I like to think of myself as the queen of engagement, but I genuinely show up. I make sure that what I'm writing is worth reading. And then I hang out for a while and encourage the other people to engage. Because let me tell you, when people see that I am online and engaging and commenting back on comments, they are far more likely to engage with my post. Tori K asked, what are your top tips for feeling confident while recording an Instagram story video or an Instagram live? Now, I love this question. And if you recently tuned into the podcast, in episode number 181, we had how to rock your Instagram stories and use them to beat the algorithm. And so that episode has a ton of amazing content and tips. But here's the deal. Instagram stories is this unique way for people to see behind the scenes. 
they can already see your beautiful curated feed and see that perfect grid that you meticulously plan. But Instagram stories feel so much more organic and authentic. And so you just want to show up just as you are and be the person that people expect you to be. And what I have found when it comes to Instagram stories is it's a really cool way to invite engagement. So I'll ask people, send me over your questions and I'll answer them. Or I'll ask them a poll question and give them a yes or no answer. And so when you are worried about like, how can you feel confident? It really just comes with time and practice. I know when I first started doing them, I would do like five takes before I was like, well, that one was mediocre enough to post. And now I just let them fly. And so the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. But treat it as if you're talking to one person and not a hundred or a thousand or a hundred thousand. When I think of it as if I could just slide into my sister's DMs with that same video, it resonates so much more than being like, hello, everyone, and addressing a crowd. And so that would be my tip for you, Tori. Eileen says, can you tell me how I can best use the featured Instagram stories? So featured story icons, you can find out my answer to this and get resources on how to utilize them at jennacutcher.com slash featured stories. And I love that that is now a feature on Instagram because here's the deal. When we were looking at the initial time investment of Instagram stories, which let's be honest, it's pretty minor. They're about 15 seconds in length. So if you can't commit 15 seconds to your strategy, then we got to talk. But I love that the featured stories can allow your stories to live beyond 24 hours. And I think that that is huge because it shows you that it's worth investing in. Like this isn't just going to disappear tomorrow. It has the opportunity to live on. And so When it comes to featured Instagram stories, I think it's an incredible way to expand your brand beyond just what you do and what you sell. And so if you've ever heard me teach about the JK5 or having five brand categories where a lot of them are just for connection's sake, while there are one or two that actually include your offer, you can use featured stories to include and encompass the JK5 and to give a really well-rounded look at you, the brand, and not just the business. And so my favorite featured stories and the ones that get viewed the most are actually the ones like marriage and travels and things beyond just what I sell because I think people are genuinely curious and they want an excuse to like you. And so I would say, you know, pick those top performing stories. You can definitely curate the featured stories in a way that helps expand your brand and give people this resource to kind of see beyond the curtain. And I really love it. So again, if you need help with those, I also sell featured story icons at shop Jenna Kutcher. But if you just head to jennacutcher.com slash featured stories, you can get all of my insight and really learn how to create them, how to make them pretty and how to use them. So Kara Rogers says, my biggest frustration is translating engagement into actual purchasers. I get new followers and likes, but I'm lacking at using Instagram to actually get sales. And I love this question. So we often talk about how profitability is so much more important than popularity. And I think that so often we get it twisted because our egos get involved and we get really emotional about the number under our names. But I want to remind you, Kara, that Instagram should not be the end game. And so if you're looking at getting purchases directly from Instagram, well, girl, you are on an uphill battle. And so 
What I think is so important about turning just average followers into raving fans, into actual purchasing clients, is it's this journey. And so there are a few tips that I want to share with you today. So number one, you want them to know you to like you and trust you. And so a lot of times if we're focused on selling, then we're constantly giving marketing pitches instead of actually giving connection pieces in our captions and in our posts. And so when I look at my feed, I want it to be less than 20% of selling. And when I say selling, I'm not actually talking about selling a product. I'm talking about getting them off of Instagram so that I can get in touch with them in a more intimate way. Number two is you don't own your Instagram followers. Mark Zuckerberg does. And what a lucky son of a gun he is. And so if you are putting so many eggs into the Instagram basket, then I really want to challenge you to use Instagram as a way to fuel something that you have more control of and that you own, which is your email list. Now, we actually don't do a ton of sales directly from Instagram, but yet we use Instagram as a way to convert those followers onto our email list so that we can serve them, we can figure out what they need, and then we can present the right offers at the right time. And so when businesses get it twisted, it's usually because they're trying to drive actual sales immediately from Instagram. And to be honest, I don't know a ton of companies that find true success in doing that. And if they do, they probably don't have a backup plan. And so I want for you to figure out how can you, instead of turning followers into purchasers, how can you turn followers into fans? How can they back you up? How can they respond to your calls to action? How can they click off of Instagram to access something that you're giving them? How will they truly become a part of your tribe? And so I love to teach that Instagram is not the end game. It's merely the handshake. And you want to invite them off of that platform so that you can slide on into their inbox and really reach them in a far more intimate and friendly way. Kim Baker Gomez wants to know, how do you get genuine interaction on your posts? So I have a very, very loyal following. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like I can put up a picture of my dog and get hundreds of comments because people genuinely care. And so I think that you have to really make people care and be this human to them. And so when we talk about genuine interaction, I really want to challenge you to utilize things like Instagram stories to kind of paint a bigger picture beyond your grid. And so Kim, I'm not sure if you're using Instagram stories, but I think it could be a huge way to actually build that trust and make people feel like they know you. Because the best compliment I can ever get is when I meet someone for the first time and they say, I feel like I already know you. That's exactly what I want. Now, another tip for this is when you are typing up captions, I want for you to ask yourself, why does this matter? Am I doing this story justice? Am I actually reaching people in a form of connection? And so if you're not getting genuine interaction, I would probably push back and say that you're A, either just talking about your product and service and you're only reaching people who currently need your product and service and no one else, or B, you're speaking to a broad audience and not making anyone feel like you're speaking directly to them. So when I draft up a caption, I imagine that I'm sitting in a room with one person. And this is my message to them. And I think that it makes people feel like I am speaking directly to them instead of a crowd. And I think that really helps get that interaction. And again, use call to actions. 
Christy Rowell says, what are the benefits of a business account versus a personal account? I'm sure there are tons. I am just clueless. So I have shared my theory on this before, and it truly hasn't changed yet. And this has been a couple years. So here is my theory. I don't believe you should switch to a business account for a couple of reasons. So back in the day when we were all so busy on growing our fan pages on Facebook, everyone was putting so much time and energy into that only to find out years later that our reaches would be so limited because Facebook wants to make money. Their ultimate goal is to get paid. And so if they want to get paid, then you have to pay for ads in order to get your posts seen. And guess what? Facebook owns Instagram. And so what I think happened is when they released business accounts, they made all of these features so, so awesome so that people would switch over to a business account with the plan to become similar like Facebook. Because think about it, if you are signed up as a business account, then Instagram is going to say, you're using our service to advertise for free. You're driving profits for free on our platform. So I think you should probably have to pay in order to reach your fans. And so I actually have never switched to a business account because the added features, eh, they didn't really excite me all that much. Think about it. Have you ever contacted a vendor directly from Instagram? Because when you switch to a business account, you get that little contact or email or call. But have you actually ever done that? Because I know I haven't. I will go to their website, read about them first, figure out if it's the right fit, and then I'll go through their contact form. Now, another shiny thing about business accounts is if you have 10,000 followers and you are a business account, you get the swipe up feature. And I know for a lot of people, that was what got them to sign up for a business account. But here's the deal. I chose, I had 500,000 followers and I still chose to stay personal and to send people to the link in my profile because I don't think that that feature alone is worth making the switch. Now I'm verified. So I got the swipe up feature. I get the insights that the business account gets without actually having to switch to business. So I'm super, super fortunate here. But when it comes to things like analytics that you get with a business account, you can get that from other apps. I can see my analytics inside of plan. They're not as in depth, but they're still enough for me to know exactly who my audience is. And so My theory that has stood for a few years, and it could obviously change, but for now it is staying sound, is I would stay personal because here's the deal. My brand, I am not selling things in every single post. In fact, I rarely and seldom actually sell. Actually, I don't even remember the last time I sold directly from my feed. So I don't consider myself a business account. I am a brand. And so I want to make sure that I keep that personal piece of it And that is why I'm sticking to a personal account. It's a totally different decision for everyone. And if you've already switched to a business account and try to switch back, I don't really know. I feel like they're still going to categorize you as a business account, knowing that you're trying to be sneaky, but there's zero confirmation on that. That's just my theory. Riley Lynn Smitherman says, I'm wondering what tips you have for using ads on Instagram. I feel like my clients hang out on Insta, but I just haven't been able to get in front of them enough through hashtags alone. I would love to know how to spend Instagram ad money effectively. 
So I have actually had my ad expert on the show, Carrie Sweatman, and she helps me with Instagram ads. And we have run Instagram ads for the last few years. And I shared recently in the Instagram story episode that actually Instagram story ads are the cheapest converting ads for my business. And they move the needle the most because people just need to swipe up to access whatever it is I'm giving them. So there have been 120 million clicks generated from Instagram ads in the past six months. And there are so many benefits, but here are my tips for you, Riley. So number one, catch their attention quick. So a lot of times people make the mistake of trying to make their ads blend into the feed. But I think what happens is people just scroll past them. And so instead of having beautiful white, bright, lay flat type ads, I have bright yellows and reds and I want people to stop in their tracks to read the post. You don't necessarily want to freestyle your ad. You want to make sure you have a very clear message and graphic. So what are you offering? What is the promise? How are you getting people to take action on it? And so we found for us that very bright colors and then a very, very easy statement that says, want to learn how to grow your email list? Or are you using Pinterest right? Something like that will really help get people converted over just trying to put a pretty picture and sell something in the actual caption. And then you want to make sure that there is a very, very clear call to action. Swipe up to get my freebie. Click here to save your seat. And what we found when it comes to Instagram ads is, again, you're not necessarily selling something through them, but you're actually getting people converted onto your email list so that you can serve them before you ever go to sell to them. And so we use Instagram ads every single day. We're constantly testing out different images, different copy. We're seeing what our audience is responding to, what they're clicking on. And of course, we're using Instagram. Instagram story ads as well. Delaney E. Anderson says, people comment more on my personal photos than my product photos. They don't want to see my work. So first things first, this should be no surprise. I always talk about how people actually care way more about you than what you do. And a lot of times people push back on this, but it is so, so true. If you go back to episode 155, this was one of my most powerful packed episodes. And it's all about how I doubled my Instagram growth in one month. And it has everything to do with Delaney's question. So I remember a time when I had posted a beautiful wedding image of my clients. And I was so discouraged because posts of puppies and mac and cheese were getting like double the engagement than my actual work. And I was like, uh, I need to pay my bills. If people don't care about my wedding work, like how am I going to make this? Like people care more about pasta than what is bringing in income. And so I did a little test. And in that first photo that didn't get a ton of engagement, Whenever I went to talk about my work, I got all clammy and I didn't know what to say. And so I just kind of said, head to the blog to see more of Andrea and Adam's wedding day. So I started to really dig in and say, well, why is this happening? Why does nobody care? And I thought about it and I said, they're just seeing one picture of Adam and Andrea. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they got married. They don't know why they should care. And they sure as heck are not going to click off of my Instagram to see more of these strangers just based off of one photo. And so a few weeks later, I shared the exact same photo, but I changed up the caption. And I said, Andrea wore the wedding dress that her grandmother wore 
years ago. And as the church doors opened and I watched her groom see his bride for the first time, I glanced over at her grandmother and saw her wipe a tear from her eye. I imagine that she was thinking about the day that she wed Andrea's grandpa. Click to my blog to see more of this story and to see the image that will bring me to tears for years to come. Something like that. And you know what? It got tons of engagement. Tons of engagement because I gave people a reason to care. I told the story in a new way and I helped people to understand why it mattered. And so a lot of times, Delaney, when people aren't looking or commenting on your product photos, it's because your caption probably sucks. I hate to be blunt, but it's probably just like, hey, I created this new thing, head to the shop to purchase it. Like, I don't know why you created it. I don't know what inspired you. I don't know about your process. I don't know how much it costs. And I sure as heck am not going to click off the app to figure all that out for myself. And so whenever you go to share your work, you guys, you have to make sure that you're telling some sort of story. You're telling people why it matters and you're giving a really clear call to action so that they can say, yes, this is for me or no, this probably isn't for me, but at least I can double tap on it. Maria Kane says, what are your top tips for engaging with your audience? How do you keep them coming back for more as a dedicated follower? So I've already shared a few of those, but my number one tip is to engage back. Now, for a while, I fell into the trap of believing I have too many followers. I can't keep up with comments and DMs. But guess what? If you sit down and you set a timer for 20 minutes every day, you would be shocked at how much engaging you can get in with your audience. I take time to send back as many DMs as I can. I think I get about 500 DMs a day. And so I'll set a timer for 20 minutes and I'll try to respond to those DMs. I also do that for comments. If you look at any of my posts, I try to comment back when people take the time to comment. And I want them to know, like, I'm not just asking you to engage for engagement's sake. Like, I want to know who you are. I want to know why you're following. I want to know how I can help you and serve you. I want to know what inspires you. And so I would just say the number one thing is don't post in ghosts. Like if you can engage with your audience, they are going to be so much more likely able to engage with you. You know, living healthy is important to me. But sometimes, even when I'm eating healthy and working on my fitness, I need a little support from vitamins and supplement. I love Care-of to help fill in those gaps and to give my body what it needs. You start with Care-of's super fun online quiz. It only takes about five minutes, and it asks you questions about your diet, your health goals, and your lifestyle choices to find out which vitamins and supplements you specifically need. Then your vitamins get delivered right to your door in personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs. If you're living a busy on-the-go lifestyle, it's so easy to remember to take them every day. Care-of offers vegan and vegetarian supplement options available to match your dietary needs and pre- and postnatal supplements with accompanying research to help mothers and babies alike stay their healthiest. Plus, I love that a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. For 25 percent off your first month of personalized care of vitamins visit takecareof.com and enter the promo code gold digger that's 25 percent off your first month of personalized care of vitamins when you go to takecareof.com and enter gold digger at checkout 
I've already told you briefly about the magic of Slack, but that was just skimming the surface of this incredible program. On Team Jenna Kutcher, we use it to share projects, ideas, answer quick questions without waiting on someone to reply to an email. It's a game changer in small business. I especially love Slack because it reduces our emails and streamlines our communication. It seriously revolutionizes the way that our team communicates. It connects the tools and services that you need in one place. Not only that, but Slack allows you to organize your team with real-time messaging, video or voice calls, group file sharing, and searchable archives in one easy-to-use app. It's honestly incredible, and I want for you to see for yourself at Slack.com. Simply put, it's an efficient, organized, and it ensures that every team member is always in the loop. I cannot imagine coordinating my team without it, and I'm so thankful to Slack for sponsoring today's show. Head to Slack.com if you are ready to take your business to the next level. That is Slack.com. Slack, it's where the work happens. Lifelong learning is so important when you're building a business, but you might want more than just one new skill or one new class to take. Maybe you want to earn a degree. How is it possible to pursue a degree, run your business, and live your life all at the same time? I'm excited to share with you FlexPath only at Capella University. This modern university understands that we're out here digging our biggest goals and higher education might be one of them, but we need to earn that degree when it fits into our already busy lives. FlexPath is an award-winning learning system that allows you to schedule your courses, set your own deadlines around your life. It's a subscription-based tuition model too, so that means you can control the cost of your education by moving through coursework at your own speed. The faster you move, the more money you save. Capella University offers accredited bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degree programs so you can reach the goal of earning your degree while you reach your entrepreneurial goals too. FlexPath is reshaping education so you can live and learn. Try FlexPath firsthand with Capella's free FlexPath trial course at capella.edu slash Jenna. So Jasmine Walbum says, how do you get people to actually go to the link in your bio when you have less than 10,000 followers and don't have the swipe up feature? I feel like I don't have a direct way to send followers to links I want them to go to. So I recently, just recently got the swipe up feature thanks to getting verified. But before then, I would literally just send people to the link in my bio. And guess what? Very few people actually have the swipe up feature because of the stipulations connected to it. And so you can do a call to action in your stories. You can create a hook in your caption or your story and say, to find out more, go to the link in my bio or click here to learn more. You can do an Instagram live and send people to that link. You can run an ad to the link or you can video chat yourself talking about the product so that people actually want to click the link. Now you have to understand that asking people to click off of Instagram is a big ask. You're saying, I want you to stop what you're doing. And I want for you to follow this link. And so if you are going to ask people to do that, you have to be so clear about what's in it for them. What are they going to get when they click the link? What are they going to see when they click the link? Why the heck should they click the link? And so I think that it is totally fine to say link in profile, link in bio. I did that forever and my audience got used to it. And so sure, it would be awesome for everyone to have the swipe up feature. But frankly, how often are you swiping up anyways, right? So I have received countless questions about hashtags, how to use them, 
how to create them, where to enter them in your caption. And so I thought I would answer Hope Griffith's question, which is how do you do hashtags on Instagram, Jenna? There are so many opinions on this. It's overwhelming. So true story is, is it is so hard to keep up with hashtag best practices because there are so many theories out there and no one can really get a hold of Instagram to have them answer it for us. And so here's the deal. There is a lot of gray area when it comes to hashtagging. The only people that likely know the secret are the head honchos at Instagram. And so although we can never be 1000% sure of any one method, there are some general things to know. Hashtags are a huge way you can increase your chance of being discovered by new accounts that don't already follow you. So obviously, if your goal is to grow your account for any reason, your hashtag strategy is essential to the growth of your account and your business. Fun fact, posts with at least one hashtag, just one, tend to receive 12.6% more engagement. That is huge. And so here are a few ways to create them and follow them. One, you can make your own branded hashtag and encourage your followers or clients to use it. So I have the hashtag Jenna Kutcher Weddings for my wedding photography. And whenever my clients post a photo of my images, I want them to use Jenna Kutcher Weddings so that there's almost like this portfolio that isn't just reliant on me. You can also follow trends and tie them back to your business. So see kind of what's trending and how you can kind of influence that trend with your posts using certain hashtags. You can search. So you want to think of almost search engine optimization, which we recently taught about. And I want for you to search and think about what people would type in if they were looking for you. So go to episode 177, The Entrepreneur's Guide to SEO, if you have no idea what I'm talking about. But when I think of my wedding work, I would do hashtag Wisconsin wedding, hashtag Wisconsin bride, hashtag Milwaukee wedding, hashtag Milwaukee Art Museum wedding. And so I actually just took a lot of the things that we taught in that SEO episode and kind of applied them. And now there is also a new feature, which is that you can follow a hashtag much like following an account. And so you can do this for your favorite hashtags in order to stay up to date and relevant. And so I just want for you to think about like, how can you create some that'll be brand consistent for you and your clients, but also how can you keep a pulse on certain ones that are going to help you stay inspired or connect you to accounts that you want to be connected to? So let's kind of dig into the general rules of hashtagging. Using hashtags for Instagram makes your content more discoverable. You do not need to use 30 hashtags in every post. In fact, I think less is optimal. So according to Sprout Social, even though you can use 30 hashtags, using 11, which is such a random number, is the optimal number. It doesn't really matter if you post them in your caption or comments, but one benefit to posting them in the caption is because your post is being analyzed the moment it goes live. And so your hashtags get out there sooner than the delay in posting them in a comment. So what I found myself doing is posting one to three hashtags in my caption 
and then following up that caption with a comment of other relevant hashtags. And gone are the days where you can just make a list of 30 hashtags and use that list on every single post because Instagram is so much smarter now. So if you post a picture of a tree and you hashtag it bride and they kind of figure that out, like it is going to say you are not relevant or you are trying to keyword stuff in a sense. And so you want to make sure that the hashtags you are using actually apply to the exact image you just shared. Okay. So you want to make sure your hashtags are relevant and not banned because this happens more often than you think. So you can check which ones you're going to do and you'll kind of see if it's banned, no post will show up for that. And then you can use trending hashtags and tie them back to your company. So if there are certain hashtags that are doing really well, you want to make sure that your post actually pertains to that. And you can measure the performance of your posts and most engaged hashtags. I've shared it before. I'll share it again. We use the app Plan within my company to plan our Instagram posts. It's P-L-A-N-N. And inside of it, it'll tell you your top performing hashtags. And so a lot of times it just has to do with the content that you shared and if you hashtagged it in the first place. But it kind of helps us to see also what our audience engages with, and how hashtags are playing a part in our overall strategy. Tessa N. Bredinger Lambert says, how often are you supposed to post? Is it better to post more often with less genuine words or less often with more meaningful words? Okay, so here's what I think, Tessa. I think first you have to commit to quality posts over quantity. If you are just posting for posting's sake and people aren't engaging, it's going to tell Instagram that people don't care about your content. And even if you post a meaningful photo and caption, people probably aren't going to see it because Instagram thinks you're not relevant. So I want for you to commit to something that you can stick to to create a system. So for me, I do about five posts per week. So I'll usually do Monday through Friday and then maybe a Sunday post. And I love to stay consistent on that, but I want every post to be meaningful. So I ask myself, why does this matter? Am I doing this story justice? And why should anyone care about this? And I would just say that if that sounds overwhelming to you, I know Drew posts probably three times a week and he spends a lot of time on his posts. It takes him a while. I can whip up a post really fast because I'm so familiar with the way that I type and speak to my audience and I know what action I want people to take. But I would just say consistency is huge. And word on the street is that Instagram is looking at engagement. And so it's looking at how you're using the app. Are you engaging with other people's content? Are you using features like DMs and Instagram stories and IGTV? Are you using hashtags? Are you commenting back? And it looks at your entire user habits and that can help you get seen with the algorithm more. And so I would say being an active user is very important, but I would just say quality over quantity times a million. Christina Robinson says, I would like to know what are the legit best times to post? There is so much confusing information out there, partly due to the ever-changing algorithm. So I think you're wrong on that. I think there's so much information out there because everybody's audiences are different. There isn't a great one size fits all best time to post because some people are posting and their audience works a nine to five. Some people are posting and their audience is home during the day. Some people are posting and they're not even sure who their audience is. And so you have to figure out when is your audience engaging with content? 
And the cool thing about the algorithm is that it's actually helping your content be seen at the times that it'll most likely be engaged with. And so I don't spend a ton of time focused on what time to post, but instead I ask myself, is now a good time? Like, do I actually have 20 minutes to devote to engaging with my audience as they engage with me? And so instead of putting, oh my gosh, I need to post at 7 p.m. tonight and it's dinner time and I'm going to quit get my post up and then I'm going to log off to eat supper, I don't do that. I want to be able to post and commit to a little bit of time so that my audience knows when I ask them a question, I actually value their answers. And so there is not a legit best time to post. It is based on you, your business, your audience, and when they are online. And there are different apps that can help you find that. Again, the app that we use is Plan, P-L-A-N-N, not getting paid to talk about them. And they have when your best times to post are. And if you're a business account, you can also see that in your analytics. Annie McKay says, I can't wait for this. My biggest struggle is with a consistent color story on the grid. I can't seem to get it right yet. So I would say, Annie, there are a few tips for this. I want for you to make sure that first you're just editing consistently. So if you're not a photographer, editing might totally freak you out. But guess what? There are so many different apps. You can even edit your images inside of Instagram, but you want to create some sort of consistency when it comes to editing. I also sell my editing presets for Lightroom inside of Shop Jenna Kutcher, and that can help you just figure out which preset is right for you so that your images have a similar color tone. And so if you actually look at my feed, it all kind of feels like it goes together because I edit every image the same way. Consistent lighting is going to play a huge part on this. And I know that some people almost back themselves into a corner with their grid. And so I want to caution you from doing that and to just create a system that allows you to post a little bit more and not worry so much about the overall aesthetic, but to create some sort of parameter where you say, is this Instagram worthy or should I just maybe pop it up in my stories or put it on Facebook? I, before I used my camera a lot, I use different apps. There's a color story. There is Afterlight that just help you edit. And I just created a very, very simple routine so that every image kind of got the same treatment. And then using programs like Plan or Planoly, where you can lay out your grid and kind of see your options helps you to just make sure it's pretty. So I'll drag in about five photos at a time and kind of move them around and see what looks the best. And then that will help me create my plan for the week. Kendall says, what are your thoughts on sharing only professional photographs on your main feed? I'm not a photographer, but lately I've been bringing in a photographer to do day of content creation for my business. And I'm loving how our feed looks now. But my concern is if I lose that small family run farm vibe, I still post a ton of Instagram stories. So people see the unfiltered version. I just love having a bank of photos to draw from so I can spend more time crafting better captions. So For me, I'm a professional photographer. So years ago, I made the decision I was only going to share professional images in my feed. Now for me, it works because I have access to cameras and editing and that is what my aesthetic is. But for the average person, 
it's probably not going to be that easy to do that. And for me, it's like if I have the tools given to me and I'm not using them, I'm showing people that I don't actually care about my craft. And I really, really, really do. And so I love that you're bringing in a professional photographer. And I love that you're still using Instagram stories to share the unfiltered version. And so I don't think you're going to lose authenticity using professional images. But the challenge for you is captioning them in a way that makes the moment still feel authentic instead of being like, this is from a photo shoot from a month ago. I want there to be stories being told. And I've had so many friends where they're like, yeah, people just don't like professional images in my feed. And I say, well, let me look at your feed real quick and I'll take a peek. And it's because they don't know how to talk about professional photos because nobody wants to say, hey, I paid somebody to take my picture and here's the picture that they took. And so you have to just really be strong in your captions when it comes to that. And I am proof that people do respond to professional images. It's more about the way that you speak about them and craft a story around them than the actual quality of the photograph. Sky Clink says, where do you create your content? What tool do you use to push it over to social? And how far in advance do you plan content out for? So I create my content in life. And I am very, very adamant about only shooting on my camera so that I'm not always on my phone. So when we go on trips, I'll often leave my phone behind and just bring my camera. And that way I have to take the photo and wait until later to edit it and be intentional about the story I'm telling. And so I share all of that at jennicajerblog.com slash apps. And that really helps to show my process, what apps I'm using for what, how I'm planning things out and how I'm kind of seeing what the overall aesthetic of the grid is going to look like. I usually will plan my content about a week in advance. So I'll drag in the photos. I'll make sure that things are well spaced out. I'll start to write up captions because sometimes when you're trying to think of something at the last minute, it's not your best post. And so again, jennacutcherblog.com slash apps. And that's where I share all the apps that I love to use when it comes to social media. Blair Gowerly says, besides photos with you in them, what other types of posts are you seeing with an overwhelming amount of likes? I think this is just such a specific question and I think it's going to look different for everyone, but I think that people want to see where you are. So whether it's your home whether it's trips you've been on, people kind of want to set the scene. And so behind the scenes photos always do so well because it helps people imagine you working in your space, helps people imagine where you live or where you do life or what you're up to. And so mostly I share images of me now based on that episode that I shared earlier. But I think that people respond to obviously pretty things or things that have a story behind them. And so I love seeing those behind the scenes of people's homes, people's work, people's travels, people's offices, uh, just because it paints a picture of their life a little bit more. All right, we are down to the last three questions. Amanda Berg says, how should your little bio be written? Are there any secrets? So I would say the secrets are that you want to tell people exactly what you do, how you serve the world, potentially where you're located, if that influences any of your services or offers. I want some fun fact that can connect me to you beyond what you do. And I just want to feel like I know what I'm about to sign up for if I am to click follow. And so I don't think there are secrets, but look around at different people's bios and figure out what made you click follow on them, because that's going to give you a really good gauge to figure out how you can write yours. 
Shayla Scalorn says, fun and interesting call to actions with your audience that they cannot resist following through with. What are they? So I would say saying double tap if you agree. Whenever we do things like I have a bet with Drew that if this post gets 10,000 likes, he'll give me a foot rub. That always does really well. We ask people to crowdsource our captions. So if we can't think of anything witty to say, we say, what would you say for this caption? We have people guess like where we are or what we're doing. We ask for questions from people. What are you wondering about? What can we answer for you? When I ask people to tag other people below to inspire other people, that does really well. And then obviously when I offer some sort of freebie or something that's going to help people to click the link in my bio, that's also a huge call to action. Ashley DeLuca says, who's your ultimate top person that you follow on Instagram? Oh, man. I should have read these questions before I took this one. Hmm. Who do I love to follow? I love following Tamara Mowry from Sister Sister. She just posts so much real life stuff in her family. It's so adorable. My friend Desiree Siegfried, who was the bachelorette heart sock. I love seeing what's up in her life. And she is just always so, so adorable on her feed. Gosh, there are just so many guests that have been on the show that I love following. Glitter Guide is an amazing account. Oh, gosh. There are just so many people, it's impossible. But maybe I'll do a roundup someday of my favorite accounts that inspire me. Obviously, Aerie, I just love what they put out there. I love seeing all different women featured in their products. So many amazing accounts. So there you guys have it. Ask Jenna anything about Instagram. I hope that this episode was so helpful for you today. No matter where you're at in your Instagram journey, just remember that you have a platform of influence, whether you have 10 followers or 100,000. And I really want to encourage you to use that platform to inspire, encourage, and put out all the positive vibes. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And hey, if you still have more questions about Instagram, Come on over to Gold Digger Podcast, hit me up, and we'll make sure to do a part two to this episode so that you get your biggest Instagram questions answered. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.